0: So today, uh, down here at the bottom, we'll look at these uh, Arabic words, the ma'lum, the known, and then majbur fi ikhtiar, being compelled in our free will. So that's, of course, a nice uh, contradiction. How can we be compelled in our free will? So we'll see what Ibn Arabi says about that. And then hujat al-baliga, which is the final argument. Um, and this is the one you know, before I read Ibn Arabi. I would hear that uh, God has the final argument. i say, oh, great. So we're going to come to the court, and the lawyer tells us, you know, forget about it. God has the final argument. But uh, Ibn Arabi will tell us it's a little bit different than that. The other is waj al has the special face. And we looked at special face yesterday. Okay. All right. Nine o'clock, we can get started. So the malum. And we can start with what Ibn Arabi says about the malum. If not for the word going out before, and the occurrence of something different from the ma'lum, the known, So the occurrence of something different from the ma'lum is impossible. If not for the word going out before, and the occurrence of something different from the ma'lum is impossible, not a single speck would feel pain in the world. But the word did necessarily pierce through like an arrow. Then there is the final destination, belonging to the merciful kindness, which is vastly encompassing of everything. So who is in this world sustaining daily the ingrate and healing him and being mercifully kind to him? So how must it be for the faithful? So this maalum. what we'll look, uh, it's very interesting that there are a handful of physicists out there who are, who. When they speak, it sounds like they're talking about Ibn Arabi's maalum, what is known. And the idea, well, for what Ibn Arabi says is every particle is part of the known. So where that particle is going to go from one moment to another moment is part of the known, known to God. So if you look at these the curves down there, you have this binary. Ibn Arabi says every single particle every being, created being, particle, molecule, all these things. Every one of them is going to be tr- fluctuate into another state in the next moment. And the other state that it will fluctuate into will either be like the state it was in before or not like the state it was in before. So everything moves, so every zero goes to something like a zero or something not like a zero, a one, and every one goes to a zero, not like it, or something like it, another one like it, and there are ten to the twenty three particles in a drop of water, each of them becoming in from time two coming from some fluctuation from time one, like or not like so this is an incredibly uh, detailed history line, that every particle is going in one place or another place every moment. Now, the, for the physicist, this idea you've heard about, the double slit experiment. So does a particle, a wave, does it go through this slit or that slit? And because of the, what happens physically, uh, we have to have an interpretation for what's happening. And there are two ways to interpret what's happening. One, well, we have to look at determinism and locality. So if we want to say that locality is important, that is, it doesn't matter to this particle where it was 10 years ago, or it doesn't matter to this particle who is standing in Tokyo. If that doesn't matter, then, you can figure out where the particle is at every moment. But if you say, no, it shouldn't matter what happened to this particle 10 years ago, and it shouldn't matter what's happening uh, thousands of miles away, then you have to give up determinism and you have to accept probability. So you have Schrodinger's cat, which is dead and alive both until you open the box and the wave collapses and you say it's dead or it's alive. So if you want to say that things that are local matter and things that are far away don't matter, then you can, you'll have to say that the cat is dead and alive at the same time until you figure out which one it is. But if you give up this idea of locality and say that a butterfly flapped the wing in the Amazon and a year later there's a storm in Cambridge, if you are willing to say that then you can say that everything is deterministic we know there's a real uh, history that everything has and some of the uh, one of the physicists who looks at this in cambridge uh, he uh, started with weather and the idea of weather is that it can't be predicted but it is patterned so with weather you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow but you do, when tomorrow comes, there'll be a, a recognizable pattern called weather. You'll know, it'll say, oh, it's raining. We've seen that before. So the timeline or the history of every particle is called a phase space. Every, pla- every place it can be, every position it can be, every momentum it can have is in a phase space. Now, if that phase space is flat, then there'll be a dot here and a dot here, and that's where this particle can go and will go. But in a fractal phase space, a phase space, which is see so at the bottom there, you have the Sierpinski's triangle, and it's projecting a, a two-dimensional uh, triangle on the ground. And that, if that's the phasal space, then where things are, doesn't tell you whether things are possible or impossible, whether they happen or whether they don't happen. So in a fractal phase space, we can never tell whether a point here is going to be on the line of the maalum, on the line of what happens, or whether it'll be off the line. And so we therefore can't have counterfactuals. Counterfactuals are the uh, idea that if I did something a little bit different, something else would happen. And it wouldn't change the whole world if, if the butterfly flapped once or flapped twice. It won't change the whole world. But in this view, it does change the whole world. There is only one world. And as Ibn Arabi tells us, this is the most perfect of all possible worlds. So there are many possible worlds and the one that is actually happening, where the butterfly pushes the wing down twice, and there's a storm in Cambridge two years later, that is the most perfect world. Okay, So that's the ma'lum, the known, and Ibn Arabi is very strong on this. If the word had not gone out before, then not a speck would feel pain in the world, but the word did go out, and the word, we hear from the verses does not change with me. So the word does not change with me. So there is a malum, something that is known and it is what will happen. And it is the most perfect of all possible worlds. Yeah. So now with this all possible worlds, we can now begin to ask some questions about this determinism and, and the handful of physicists who talk about this called super determinism. Because it seems awfully crazy that a, a butterfly's wing has anything to do with events that take place thousands of miles later and or away and, and years later. But according to a Malum, there is a line, and that line is the one which is the most perfect of all worlds. So, what hypnotherapy says is that when we're on this line and we're watching what happens to us next, we are much we are compelled. The place we are going to go next moment is already in the ma'alum, it's already known. So we are compelled to be there. And we think that we have free will. We think that I can choose to do this or that. And Ibn Arabi says we don't have free will to do this or that. Well, we have free will to do this or that, but that free will is compelled. So if I do A and I wanted to do B, I say I'm compelled, but if I do A and A happens, and I wanted A to happen, then my free choice was compelled. And Ibn Abi says, so that's how we spend in the material world. There's no, there are no options available to us. But on the other side, what's being built on the other side, that is where there's all the flexibility and uh, change and mutability that we could ever desire. And so this is why the people who are in the ma'alum and know they're in a ma'alum, they know they're in this determined, compelled state, and they know that they are building something in the next world, in another world, in a dream world or in a barzakh world, they spend most of their energies constructing, building, modifying, and modulating the other world. So if I do something, which is not good which is offensive which is hurtful and harmful then want my i and i did not and i wanted to do that then i am compelled if i didn't want to do that then i am i was compelled to do something that i didn't want to do or if i did something which i was compelled to do in both situations i want to build something in the other world which is beautiful and so there are all of the many 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 names of the divine many of the many of the dua the prayers that we give very familiar those are prayers to change what happened here but change it on the other side so there is a dua to efface to whatever i did it's growing on the other side i want it to be effaced And so that's afu. And so I ask that it be effaced. There's also uh, the things that are done on this side, which I'm compelled to do or which I wanted to do and was still therefore compelled. I want them to not be counted on the other side. So that is no hisab. There should be make no accounting of that. And then the things that I want to be covered over and forgiven, that's called Rafur and Rafir and all these divine names, and Astaghfir. So these are names that I'm asking that what was offensive here be covered up over there. And this covering up over there, Ibn Arabi says, every Astaghfirullah creates an angel who then is spending the time from here to, to the last day and the day of judgment. Covering up that offensive thing, so making the other side something beautiful. Uh, Ibn Abi says, "I can these uh, the things that were bad here can be reattributed. So I can say, uh, or th- let's say I did something good and I want to make it really beautiful, then I reattribute it. I said, I didn't do it; God did this." And I thank God. And remember, we talked about the thanking God with his true, rightfully deserved thanks means knowing that the blessing came from God. And so the blessing comes from God. And so if something is good, I thank God. And I have reattributed from being mine to being the divine. Then there is the switch of polarity that God says, I will change their evil deeds into beautiful ones. So the bad things can be changed their polarity in the other place, in this other side. Then erasing. God erases whatever he wishes and fortifies. With him is the mother of the book. So the mother of the book, we can see, is something different from the ma'alum, the things that are known, and that things can be erased. And so the effects of things that take place in the material world can be erased on the other world. So this is all keep keep with us. <laughs> okay, and here's that hujat al the final argument. Okay, so here we have the situation: everything I do is compelled, or is I'm, or my free will is compelled, and so the question becomes: you know, so what? What? Why is this material world such a straitjacket? Why am I so compelled for everything? And uh, the reason that I'm so compelled is that I have to go through this ma'alum. I have to go through this line of what is, the line of reality. So we have the Lorentz attractors, which have their lines. You can see you can be on a track and you don't know where that track is going. And then we have this vinyl record. For those of you who remember vinyl records, uh, this vinyl record uh, has tracks and you follow this track. So if someone says, uh, here's the greatest song I've ever heard, I want you to hear it too, and they hand me a record, and I say, oh, that's a really nice song. Uh, No, I have to take the stylus, and have to go all the way along the song, and it has to play out. And so we talked about in Fate, we talked about playing out. And so Ibn Abi is saying that this is the verse, and we shall try you until we know. So the record has a value and has a sound. Um, if I take a piano and I put all the notes down, I could say that's all of Chopin's ballades all in once, because every note that is played in the ballade is played here. Uh, but there's, you know, where, what happened to the silent parts and what happened to the order and the arrangement and the sequence. So knowing things by sequence is something that is, uh, takes place in sequence. You have to know something because you have to let the stylus go around the record to hear the whole record. And so Ibn Harbi says when the, the verse has we, that's not the royal we for God. It's the divine names, the plurality, the multiplicity of divine names. So, and we shall try you until we know what kind of person you are, means we will play this record all the way around and see the entire, <coughs> excuse me, and see the entire ma'lum, the, the entire history of you to see what you are. To see who you are and so the divine names don't just say i know who you are and here's the response or here's the bottom line it says no we have to see the entire picture or the play the entire record until we know who you are so this playing this entire record we're going to bring this into the malum and we're going to bring this into the divine perspective, because Ibn Arabi always, when he brings us to the divine perspective, suddenly, for me at least, I can now begin to understand the human perspective. So Ibn Arabi writes, this is why you are made with two eyes, in order to see with one eye your image, and the other eye to see what the mirror determines for your image. So that's that when I look at the mirror, uh, it's me, it's not me, it's not not me. And the mirror has different shapes and the mirror has different stains on it and, and bubbles and different things happening to it. So when I look, I see myself, but I also know that the image that I'm seeing is also not me because it's distorted. So I see the, my distorted image and then another eye sees, well, that's me. So one eye sees me, the other eye sees, well, it's a distorted image of you. And so the maalum is in a sense every single mirror that is possible to be made so when i look in the mirror uh, within 10 seconds that's enough Uh, but if i had you know something if i was a deeper person i would say oh i want to see myself this way i want to sell myself this way i want to see what this kind of mirror does to my image and of course back to this we have that God says, I am a treasure which is necessarily concealed, but I love to be recognized. So I create the creation, and I introduce myself to them, and they recognize me. So Hak looks in the mirror. The mirror is an angel, a horse, a mineral, a human. He looks into the mirror. You are the mirror, and you are the image. So if... If one look were enough to show all that the divine is, then there would only be one look. If there were 10 looks or 50 looks would be enough, but they're not. There's a huge number of looks and gazes which have to be done in order to begin to see what God looks like, for God to see what God looks like. So at the, the mirrors have to change, and the images have to change. And the maalum is putting every single position into the mix so that the beings will go through all of these positions. Took, uh, the butterfly will flap one time, the butterfly flaps two times. Every single position is, is moved through or played. So this is a symphony where I might say, I don't like this particular woodwind. Or I might say about this symphony that's recorded on this record, I might say, I don't like uh, all these minor chords, or I don't like B-flat. B-flat just hits me wrong. And so it might be very true that B-flat hits me wrong, and it might be very true that I don't like the minor chords, but it's part of the record, it's part of the song, and that's part of the record which I am in and the divine names have to put me through these oboes, which I don't like, or which these B flats, which I don't like. And as they put me through all these B flats, which I don't like, they see who I am. So Ibn Arabi has, says, of course, there's that the strange hadith in a way, indeed your cherisher is not one eyed. And so this is back to the idea of two eyes. So we have, then Ibn Arabi says, this proves to you that when you are a seer into the mirror, there reaches you a knowing which you had not seen before. For the creation, okay, just a second, I have to, um, for the creation movement, this knowledge brings you closer to God. I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to, I think someone is, we're gonna need to do a little muting. Uh, just, okay, sorry. <laughs> Well, I thought I muted everyone. Okay, let's see if this one. Okay, so for the creation movement, so the, the, this knowledge brings you closer to God and makes you sound. But for the true moment, so the movement who is God, this kind of station, yas uru, yas uru, from Ustra, Innamal Ustra, yustra, Innamal Ustra, Ustra. So, this difficulty. Difficulty is difficult, straight and intricate, adverse, afflictive, stuck in the belly, not coming forth. So, for the true, this situation of looking at the mirror and seeing the image is something which is difficult, adverse, stuck. Uh, doesn't come forth and so on it is his word about the true moment and we shall try you until we know so this process of going through the the ma'lum the history of what is and going through this record and all the tracks and listening to every sound this is not something that's easy for the divine names they have to go through it and we shall try you until we know So he observes himself in reiterating multiple mirrors. So we are all different mirrors and we're all reiterating. We're all a new mirror each time, a new creation, a new creation, a new mirror every moment. The distorting determination differs in the single image according to the difference of the preparations one after another. So then he puts apart the hurt of being shackled and constrained by this distorted image, which is connected to him. So the divine puts aside or puts apart the hurt of being shackled and constrained in this image, which is connected to him. So, and we shall try you until we know. So we will try you until we know. And then this verse tells us that we, the uh, final argument is being established. Okay. So this final argument, so we'll be lo- let's look at this now. Do you see the sick when they sleep? There is no doubt that the sleeper is alive and that he has senses there and the bodily part because of which he is experiencing pain while awake is there, but despite this, the limb experiences no pain. Because the one who finds pain has turned her face from the seen world and has gone into the barzakh. So her face is the articulate soul. The articulate soul has left and gone to the barzakh. And so the limbs are left behind and they experience no pain. So Ibn Arabi says, so think about who is the one who receive, who feels pain. It's the articulate soul. It's not the limbs. The limbs don't feel pain. So, And this is how we know that when our brain has to say, oh, there's something happening here, and it's called pain, and then we do something about it. So that's the, where pain comes from. And he says, every hearing and seeing and feeling in the heart, it will be held responsible. Ibn Arabi says the noun, it here is the self. The self will be inquired into and held responsible for its person's hearing and seeing and heart feeling. It will be asked, what did you do with your flock under your protection? Do you see the unjust governor, when the king arrests him and punishes him after his flock demands of him succor, how the flock is delighted with the vengeance raining down on their governor? It is the same way with the limbs. So we can, this is, that's quite a, that's quite a sentence for Ibn Arabi to say. And indeed, God has treated you with what he treats himself with. So God treats you with what he treats himself with, and he obligates himself just as he obligates you. And he comes under the covenant for your sake, just as he placed you under the covenant. So we are commanded by God, and God is commanded by us. So we command God by the imperative. So Ibn Arabi said, this is the beginning of the final argument. God will say, is there anything I asked you to do which you could not do? Is there anything I obligated you with what I which I didn't obligate myself with? Is there anything I made you covenant which I did not covenant myself in? And so the answer will be no. And therefore you have the final argument. So we have our cherisher do not condemn us. (laughs) رَبَّنَا لَا تُوَخِذْنَا إِنَّ سِنَّا أَوَخْتَنَا وَرَبَّنَا وَلَا تَخْمِلْ لَنَيْنَا إِسْرَانًا كَمَا حَمَلْتَهُ عَلَىٰ الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِنَا رَبِّنَا وَلَا تُحَمَّلْنَا مَا لَا تَقَتْنَا نَابِه wa akfirna anta So that afu to erase and efface and cover over and so cover cover over for me what has been done, and give us kind mercy. So we are commanded to do things, but in turn we command God. And this command is, the, is, Ibn Arabi says, the polite way of saying it is called the imperative, but it is a command in any case. Okay. So we have God feeling hurt by the shackling, having to put us through all of these, this record. We have to go through all of this record, and it's painful for us. And, but if this record had not been written, God would not be able to see all of the images. And if this record had not been written, then no one would feel a a speck of pain, not a single speck would feel pain. But the word did go out, the record was made, so that God can see all of the images and the divine names can try us, moment by moment by moment, and see until they know, until we know uh, who we are. Okay, so I'll ask, uh, uh Bahi and Nora, if they could uh, sing this Ilahi on this other page. Bismillah. Thank you.
1: <clears throat> you are the guiding, you are the truth. Nothing is Sir you are oh, all the city, I love you. You are the knower, You are the one. Nothing exists apart from you. Fountain of mercy, fountain of light. I love I am your garden of beautiful beautyfulness. Nothing exists apart from you, but whenever I look, I see on incense, la You are the guiding, you are the truth. Nothing exists apart from you, All but only substance in eternal La ilaha ilaha huha, you are the Noah, you are the one. Nothing exists apart from you, soundless and smirthing, fountain of light. La ilaha 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 huha, I am your servant of beautiful name. Nothing exists far from you, wherever I look, I see only sense.
0: Thank you. <laughs> so in song, that's just what Ibn Arabi said one page ago. <laughs> so it's so beautiful. Um, so the Garden of Beautiful Names. Uh, now, seeing these beautiful names, these are the ones which are coming to us in order to try us so that they can see who we are. And this means see who we are. And in in, from my perspective, it means to see what kind of person I am. But from the divine perspective, it's see what kind of what God is like or what God is. And so this uh, seeing, this trying, uh, if I can see that all of these things that happen, it is the most perfect of all possible worlds, even though from my perspective, it seems to me couldn't a little something be different and still we have a world? But the answer is no, because if the fractal phase space, anything that comes next to this line is not necessarily going to be on that line. And therefore it's not one of the possible worlds. And therefore it is not the perfect world. So with all these, what we think of as imperfections and problems and difficulties, and couldn't this be a little bit different? All of that uh, is actually would would be off the matlum, and therefore not something which is uh, perfect, complete, beautiful for the one who created it. So this... uh, you are the one, the, the, this, when you have this experience of, of these things happening to us, these are rays stretching forth to us, uh, we see them coming towards us, and each one of them, each of these rays is coming to this special face. So let's look at this development of this final argument, the huja kalbalira. So freely choosing to return to God, the slave is thanked by him. To, he says, to him returns the matter, all of it. Then when you have learned this, return to him as someone freely choosing to do so. That's ichtiyar. And do not return to him as someone compelled, majpuur. So even though we're compelled, we we can want to have what happens next. And if it happens or doesn't happen, we still have our desire, intention for that to happen. So come as someone freely choosing to come to God. You see there is inescapable your return to him. And it is inescapable that you will meet him, whether you abhor it or love it. In fact, he will meet you according to your adjective, not exceeding it. Therefore, look at yourself, my friend. He, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, said, whoever loves to meet God, God loves to meet him. And whoever abhors meeting God, God abhors meeting him. Now disclose to me in Kashf, was a divine report gushed into my secret heart, into the special face. So this is the special face that faces, uh, is the place where God and the slave can meet. And it's the special face that is in every created being. Said to me was, whoever is shy and embarrassed to meet God, God is gently affectionate with him and removes his confused shame. This is where the slave, what caused him to be embarrassed, is only what originated from him, his opposition or his falling short with regard to obedience. There's nothing but these two which could cause you embarrassment. So the true is gently affectionate with you about this, saying to you, oh, my slave, this was actually due to my pre-adorned decree, the ma'alum, and my predestined foreknowledge. So therefore, you are the site for the coursing of my rule. So the record player is the record is going to play, and the stylus is going to play every one of those sounds and silences, and the coursing of the rule, the maalum, this line of the most perfect world, is going to be coursed through by the divine rule. So it's all pre-adorned decree, predestined foreknowledge. It was actually due to my pre decree and my predestined foreknowledge. So therefore, you are the site for the coursing of my rule. Then the slave is relieved and solaced by this sentiment, this statement. But if the slave says this same statement to God, that it's your pre decree and your predestined foreknowledge that made me do it, he has shown poor manners with God and he will not be listened to. Yet by this exactly, the true gives solace. Thus, it is on the true side of the utmost beauty. When it comes from God, it's the utmost beauty. But from the side of the creation, it is of the utmost ugliness. He, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said, haya, this, shame, this, this shyness, embarrassment, self-effacement, is better, khair, entirely. And haya brings only goodness, khair. same word. One is the comparative and one is the absolute. And what good is more tremendous than this goodness, where the truth sets up the final argument for the creature, being of gently affectionate and solicitous to him and being cheerful and open and removing his confused shame and lifting fear off of him. So glory be to God, the subtle, the all aware, the one who blesses, the one who gives excelling goodness. So God sets up the final argument for us. And the final argument is come with Full awareness of what you've done and the, things that you, the places that you've been put, the sounds that you have made that have not been nice, and with that uh, humility, shyness, embarrassment, self-effacement, then you will hear the final argument. And the final argument will be, oh my slate, this was actually due to my preordained decree and my predestined knowledge. Okay. So that's the final argument, and we saw last week with or two weeks ago, whatever it was, thankfulness. Uh, the vision that Ibn Arabi had of that of after, at the towards the end of his life, I think it was three years before he died. So this was a lifetime of you know wanting to hear this vision and and see this vision and then getting this vision. I said to him, this the second half of that vision. Then it is therefore you yourself you are addressing with your imperative, do and do not do. He said to me, when I raise up to your view some command, adhere to courtesy. Indeed, with the hadrat, the presence, she does not put up with any disputer. I said to him, this is exactly what we are amid in this chapter. This is exactly the topic that we're talking about here. You are the creator of courtesy and disputation. So if you created the disputer, there is certainly the dominion of disputation. And if you created the courteous, there is certainly the dominion of courtesy. So he said, it is so. So here, when the Quran is recited and listen, I said, that is up to you. Create hearing so I may hear and create listening so I may listen. And then addressing you now is only what you had created. He said to me, I create only what I know will be, that is the malum. I create only what I know will be, and I know only what the known, the malum, is flush against. So to God belongs the final argument. I have already taught you this in what came before, so adhere to this as a vision. There is nothing else. Rest from your agitating thoughts. You will not feel safe until tasking, do and do not do, is severed and it will not be severed until you pass along and leave behind the bridge which spans this world to the gates of the garden. Then the people's worship will be essentially so, not from a command or a prohibition or obligatory recommended from it or dislike. And God speaks the true and who is the guide to the way. And Ibn Arabi said another place, uh, we didn't, I don't have, couldn't have the, time to put that in here. Uh, He talks about when he said when he realized all this, he decided that he would have to die first, so he died. And he said, I died uh, and only my mineral life was alive. And, and, And so after this death, he could then enter in, meet God with this loving to meet God, and all of these things then could happen, and his worship then became automatic or essentially so. And so that's why he said in that one place, he says, if there is no slave uh, more slavey than I am, and that's because of he had died to everything, and then whatever was left, the mineral life, was the one that was obedient and worshipful of God. So these rays which are stretching force. The, the verbs here are, are M-A-D-D, so M-D-D. Um, and this is where in Turkish we have madet, madet, to help. And imdad, to stretch forth a hand, to extend your hand out to help someone, that's the same root. And then the inkwell is called midad. And so when the pen stretches the ink and it, and it blushes into the page, that movement is, help or imdad or stretching forth and these rays the rafrafa these rays which are stretching out between these upper forms on the other side of the curtain and then this side of the shadow play these between the upper orbital forms and the lower elementable forms. so the forms over there the, the the puppets that the light is shining on And then the lower elemental forms here, these are the the shadows which are then forming on the curtain of the shadow play, the Wayan Kulat. There are rays stretching forth for the divine names and the cherishing truths. And they are the special faces which belong to every enabled being, which originated from the word be by means of the divine turning to face you because he desires you to be. And so, this is the, where we get our help from. Our help from is the special face. And so the special face is the place where every moment we are being created, we are told to be and we become. And this special faith is allowing these rays, which are stretching forth from the other side to nourish us and sustain us and give us solace. And so Ibn Abi says we want to break off from the material uh, constriction of A goes to A, A goes to B, B goes to another B, B goes to another B, C goes to a C and then goes to a D. We want to break off from that, and that's hijra. So to break off from that and go into the world where we can now build the meaning of everything. We can build the meaning. So the The skeletal letters don't mean anything by themselves. They're material letters, but when they are put together and they're vocalized with the spirit, they have meaning. So words start out as skeletons, they are breathed into, and then they create meaning. So I am a skeleton, which when breathed into, creates meaning. I become meaningful, or the divine names know who I am after the breath has come in and I become meaningful. So from Quran, whoever breaks off and separates into a way of God, the, the sabil Allah, the Sabil, that way we talked about feeding the poor, the Langar, all of that. Whoever breaks off and separates into a way of God will find in the earth an oasis, abundant and vast. And this is a very unusual word in the commentary, comment, the tafsir. the commentaries are very different about all of these Muradurban because the word is something to do with like uh, rubbing noses in the dust. So in a sense, when you break off, uh, you find an oasis that the uh, people who are looking to harm you can't find you anymore. So in a sense, you rub their noses in the dust. So whoever breaks off and separates into a way of God will find in the earth an oasis, abundant and vast. And then this is why Ibn Arabi then wanted to die before he dies so that he can be broken off separated into the world of meaning and the world of meaning is this world of the barzakh, and it's the vast earth So this is that on the bottom here. Oh my slaves the ones with faith Indeed the earth is vast. So only me worship only me Okay so alhamdulillah um uh So that was from Farida thank you wonderful um, <clears throat> so i we i will be able to check uh chats right now if, if there are any questions let's go ahead and we can go look at that any comments or questions now might be the time <laughs> uh,
2: Can I ask a question verbally uh yes sorry? yes yes Omar let's
0: go for it yeah
2: okay. It's 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 a bit difficult because it, uh, it was a very rich session So and it's all interconnected, so it's a bit difficult to put it together. Mm-hmm. But just to say this is not disputation. What I'm asking is not a disputation. <laughs> right? it's, it's, it's not that. But, uh, you know, in my experience of reading in different materials in Ibn Arabi, he had oscillated repeatedly, like within the same book, from giving the dependency between the knowledge and the known al and then it oscillates back and forth back and forth, in fact, I once tried to get a grasp of it mm-hmm. um, there is this, and there is also the 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 fact that or or or, or how I perceive it is it's not. The material world, you say, what we do and it has an effect on what is behind it, the spiritual. But when we do a dua, when we do a dua as a abid, not a continuous perfect abid, but in a state of abid or in a state of zikr where we invocate a certain name, then wouldn't the spiritual become divine and have an effect on the material? So I just want to understand, you know, I know that we as we, as material we, we have no influence on what happens. But there is the divine inside us. And do we have the capacity to invoke the divine in our divine, unrecognized divine reality? Because otherwise, you know, when we do the dua, when you say, yeah, latif, yeah, latif, and then the lot of comes or whatever, this interplay, in this interplay, we are not simply... A tool of experience, not simply a tool of zauq or hatta nalam, not simply the tool of the zauq, but are we not also the tool of the making of the known? His tool of the making of the known. Right? You know, like you know, so our role involves the making of the known mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: as as a tool, not as a, as as not as a an active, as, as a tool for. So, so, so you know, do you understand
0: what I'm trying? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this. So, what Ibn Arabi is doing is because there is there is no one single bottom line. That's so. That's why. Yes. From this perspective, you see this. From that perspective, you see this. And that's why you have this great diversity of, of what Ibn Arabi is saying because he's speaking directly from the source to the source, and it's not the same as a system or a or a philosophy. And so, now so what what happens is we have to make sure that we realize that the words see the words themselves are not the thing and so and and i am not the thing so if i do something generous if i go if i contribute to the langar and i feed people that is me doing that is not the thing it's a sabil of allah it's a way of god if it's known that it's not Made from my efforts, but it's made from the divine effort. So that's what you're saying—that when you pray, actually, you use the word that God gives us. And so Ibn Arabi says, "You are addressing yourself; you are commanding yourself." So when I do a dua, as an abd, as you're saying, then that is God commanding Himself. And so, uh, and so we we cut out the middleman; <laughs> we just go directly there. Um, so what that what that helps us see is that. It's not the presence of these this hand that was very generous yesterday. That didn't make the world a better place, or if I didn't do it, didn't make it a worse place. But what makes the beautiful Sabila of Allah is when that hand does what it wants to do, which is to be a way of God. And so and so you it's it's depends on you have this long equation, it depends on which part of it you're looking at to see who's acting, and then who is acting, and all of that. And this is why uh, Ibn Arabi uses the pronouns so often, because he wants to keep switching what we're looking at. So he'll talk, when he says she, he's talking about the Hadra or the huwiyah. And when he says he, he's talking about the all comprehensive name, Allah. And when he says they, or we, he's talking about the divine names. So the divine names have a perspective the Allah, comprehensive name, has a perspective, and the Hadra, the Who has a perspective. And so we're, we're moving back and forth along all of those. And so, but to see that it's not, so if, if this hand that did something good yesterday, if I had another hand to do that, wouldn't that make the world a better place? It's like saying I have a book, and if I threw a few more letters in there, wouldn't that book be a better book, and it wouldn't. You know, tossing letters in with no meaning wouldn't make the book a better book. But tossing in letters which have meaning, then that means it is the meaningful book. And so, so and that's, and so if we look at the, the, the existence of the shadows and the letters, we might quantitatively think this is a better place or a worse place. But if we look at the meaning level and at the Barzakh, and the level of meaning then uh we see that that there this is a good place and it is all good and it is all meaningful so yeah that's yeah that, that's that's the major question alhamdulillah <laughs> yeah thank you. i
3: had a couple of questions if i may yes yes Thank you. Um, I'm still struggling with the, uh, we will try them until we know, but I feel like I'm getting there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wrote down just some things that you wrote here. uh, You said, uh, so we have to see the entire picture until we know who you are. If the record had not been written, God could not see his names. The divine names could not be seen. We will try them until we know. I just wondered if you could unfold that a little bit for me, please.
0: Yeah, so uh, there's what I what I had to had to learn or or be able to see with Ibn monademy here is that when we think about the known is sort of like this this total package, um, and then when we then we get to this very strange verse until we know, and of course the commentators it's it's a very confusing verse for everyone, but until we know is the kind of knowledge that is when the stylus runs along the record. And so you can say, here's the song, here's the record, or here's the piano and all the keys that are going to be played. And that's one kind of knowledge. It's sort of like a total knowledge, but it's not the way the life works also, because it's not, things can only be understood in process. And so so what is the meaning of my life? It's not going to be in a little bottle. It's going to be, when this happened, this person did that. Um, and so it'll be this unfolding, and that's so used as art unfolding and uh, playing out, letting, the, letting this your life play out to see what happens in your life. So what this is making us look at is that my meaning isn't this lump of clay. The meaning is what happens to this lump of clay with the breath of God's breathing at every different situation. And so uh, to have... So if I look at my my friend and I'm lost and my friend coming from a distance here to help me, that is going to be one of the most beautiful images I'll see in my life. But I had to be lost and in trouble before I could see that image. So a necessary part of seeing the image of my friend helping me, saving me, that, necessary, that, that necessarily involves me being in trouble and me being lost. And so if I wanna look at uh, And so if I want to see what does my friend's face look like in different situations, there has to be different situations. Some of them, lots of B flats, some of them, lots of A flats, some of the things I like, some of the things I don't like. And so this is a a way for Ibn Arabi help to see our life as something that's being played through. So the divine names will try us and keep throwing things at us to see how we react and see who we are. So. so until we
3: know, what does that mean? Until we know, like to know what? Until it, it, until we
0: know, until we know who you are, and and who you are is going to be the full picture, which is not known to us in this life. It'll be known the meaningful life that we have created. That will be who we are. So until until we know, so that when something bad happens to me, what do I do? And for Job, uh, Ibn Arabi says Job is praised. Not because he held up and was, you know, girded himself and his loins and, and kept from complaining, but that he didn't complain to other than God. That's the key for Ibn Abi that of Job is that you he complained directly to God and did not ask any others to take it away from him, or and he didn't complain to any others. So the meaning of Job is that is how he weathered his afflictions that's the meaning that takes place in this in this place here and so the divine names tested him with those afflictions and then saw what and then knew what he did with that thank you and now this oasis is something like the vast earth because uh, we have from quran uh, the angels tell someone said wasn't the earth of god vast enough for you so you could have gone there so if, so when we complain is that this this is too much for me um, in a sense the answer is yeah it could be too much for you and therefore can you go to the vast earth the earth of meaning and when you begin to enter into the earth of meaning then you can begin to then that gives you solace that gives you strength and so uh if the record player is going around and around and it's getting too much then one of the things is that you these these rays are coming from this behind the curtain, these rays are coming to our special face, we go to the special face, and at that place we have the intimate conversation, and that's the place where Ibn Abi could say, God says to him, uh, here I am, what was your question, and my question was, why is all this happening, and, and, and who, who am I, and who are you, and what have I done, and what have you done, and they said, and then after the answer, Ibn Arabi says, so you are addressing you yourself. And he says, that's the way it is. So that's from the special face. So we look for the special face. And Ibn Abi tells us, we look for the imperatives. So we go to the imperatives. If we feel we are commanded and told to do so much and obligated to do so much and burdened with so much, then we turn to the imperative and say, Rabbanah, our cherisher, do not burden us. Do not burden us with more than we can handle. Do not burden us with what was burdened to the people before, on and on. So those are the imperatives. So we turn to the imperative. Yeah.
1: Sorry, I sent you a question. Uh, I'll, I'll look
0: for it. Okay. Um, yeah, so this, uh, the question about the Barzakh, and so, you know, the Barzakh, the vast earth, the dream world. So uh, the Barzakh is a, is a membrane. It's the curtain. So in the shadow play, the light hits the puppet and the shadow comes on the other side of the curtain. And so in this, the, it, when we say going, looking for the special face, we are looking for the special face, which can then look directly back through the curtain into the puppet, into the light projecting. So we're getting this direct line from me, the shadow, special face, through the curtain, into the puppet, and through to the projecting light. And so, uh, because behind the curtain is where meaning takes place. So on this side of the curtain, it's a bunch of shadows doing different things. And no one can tell just by looking at the shadows, whether something is good or bad, so every move I make, everything I do, can be good or bad, and if I be saying it's good or bad, depending on who it's attributed to, uh, what the intent was, what the meaning is, and so we have to go beyond, past the curtain, to ask what the meaning is, and so when we go be, to the barzakh, we find the meaning, and that's why the dreams are the dreams tell us meaning, and so. If, of course, we have to interpret them correctly. But if we interpret them correctly, dreams are telling us the meaning. And so uh, dreams are, are take place behind the curtain. So dreams, so we're, our body is on this side of the curtain as a shadow. And the articulate soul, she, she has gone to this other place. And so the limbs are sitting here. No more pain in the limbs. It's not difficult to be a limb in a material world because you don't feel any pain the feeler of pain, she has just left to the other world. And so when she goes to the dream world, she sees the world of meaning. And so Ibn Arabi is helping us see that meaning is what gives us help. Madad, madet, and madad, and imdad, and all of these words. The, The ink pot gives us the ink through the special face. And so by... Uh, by having our articulate soul be able to move back and forth to the different worlds, this is where we begin to find solace and comfort when the record gets to be too much. So. Uh,
2: well, if, if there is space, I'll I just have a, an, another, another question, short one. Um, uh, thank you, Sam, because that reminded me you know speaking about which is the names so so really the plurality knowing what the totality knows you know knowing it in plurality rather than it's almost like saying the music knowing what the record knows Uh, but at the same time the record knows what it knows because the music knows what it knows so it's we, yes, the plurality depends on the totality but the totality depends on the plurality and, and is that right? It's circular. It's, there isn't a starting point,
0: right? Well, that's, that's a beautiful way to see it. So when you're, when you're riding on the stylus, you're seeing the music unfolding and, and then, but, and we know that even in vinyl records that sounds from before and after on the track are still impinging on the, on the present moment. So we looked at that circle that the, the Prophet is talking about. The circle begins with him, ends with him, begins with Muhammad, ends with him. So the circle, the notch is now. Everything this way is the future. Everything this way is the, is the past. But that now is the one that the, it follows along the circle as, as the now. And so the circle contains everything known, all the nows, the al-an, now we talk about the nows so it it can it contains all the nows but it also watches all the nows as they're coming and so they because this is the most perfect world this circle is the most perfect world and settled on the throne of this circle of the material circle the cosmos circle is Rahman, so Rahman settled on the cosmic circle so the material you may have to wait a few beats you have to wait a few measures and bars until you find something that is, is, is uh, mercifully kind. But the merciful kindness is in all of those things. And that's why our, uh, you know, Muslim grandparents will tell you that there's, that there's always something good folded inside. So when anything bad happens, you fold it inside. And in English, we saw the silver lining of the cloud. So folded inside, so every note contains within itself all of the kindnesses that are necessary and how they play out and when we hear them, that's the question. So if we can hold off on complaining about the sound until we hear its beauty. So you have a note that goes, bum, bum, and if it's just resolved a dissonant sound, like la, 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 bum, then that suddenly, we go back and we understand that that previous melody means this thing. And so that's how we're going back and forth, back and forth. So I can go back to something very far in my past, and it can be changed, its meaning can be changed. I can hear the melody one more time, but I know from its resolution of that dissonance that this will be a beautiful thing. And then I realize that that resolution is beautiful because the dissonance was so unbeautiful. And so to be able to see, but that, so the distancing was a mercy and the resolution was a mercy um, and that, but where I am in that and, and which vantage position I'm in and that's the knowledge ill. So when I keep saying the best vantage point is knowledge, because it's knowledge is the one that allows me to go back, hear the dissonance again and the resolution again, and now understand it completely differently. And that's knowledge that gives me this. Whereas I only have hal, if I only have emotional states, then I'm just wherever the winds are blowing me, that's where I am. So he says, the, he says that the great ones, the mystics, they flee the emotional um, trances, the hal, the ahwal, because the ahwal just push them wherever they go. They want to have the, the maqam, the station and the knowledge. And maqam and then music is the notes that are going to be played but doesn't tell you what order they're going to play, be played in so maqam is the scale and so there is a scale and if i know there's a scale then i can sit on the scale and say when i hear the a i know the b is coming next or the b flat is coming next and i can and i feel like i can see the pattern and so to to know the maqam to have knowledge allows me to handle all of the dissonance before its resolution. But if I'm strictly, if I don't know what the scale is, I have no idea what pattern is happening, I don't know what the music is going to throw at me next, then I'm in a different situation.
1: I have
3: another quick question if no one else wants to ask a question.
2: Abdul Haq, I think, is trying to ask a question, but is muted. You're on mute. You need to unmute to speak.
0: Uh, Sam, let's just wait a minute. Abdul Haq, if very okay, hi. He's on.
2: he's on. All right. Uh, very
1: quick, then, are the notes also like the uh, uh, 99 names? Okay.
0: Yeah, uh, in a sense, we, we cycle through notes, we cycle through names. Ibn Arabi says that everything that's happening to us is the name flush against us. But then the chapter that I'm working on right now and, and re-editing for the dozens time, uh, he's saying that one person can have many names uh, coming on them. And so uh, the question is, which name becomes dominant in that person? And so these, uh, we are flooded with notes and names. And the question is which one will be the one that everything turns around. So which is the, the, the own or the soul or the base note. So, so we don't know the base note necessarily because all the notes are coming at us. And so working with the names and those, uh, who have the gift of being, uh, learning and being taught about the, how the divine names work with zikr, with remembrance, they're the ones who can find out what is my base note, what is the base name right now, which then allows me to understand where the other names fit in relationship to this base note. So we're in a sense always looking for the base note. And as Sinan said, he has the, the, the joke about the, plays the is playing the Uri, he's playing one note, da, 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 for 10 minutes, da, da, da. And finally, someone asks him, and says, you know, uh, you know, other musicians, they play different notes. And he says, well, that's because they're just looking for the right note, and I found it. So. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Sinan's beautiful joke.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.
0: And there's Habiba.
3: okay can i ask my quick question if i oh yes sam back to you sam yes (laughs) thank you no i just wanted to say uh, i just wanted to ask about the the verse or the um the the statement the earth is vast only me worship me i wondered if you could um just expand on that a bit more if if possible thank you Mm
2: -hmm.
0: yeah the vast earth um so, to go to the vast earth is to go into a state of, of automatic or essential worship. And so, to see that, the, that this body, and as it stretches all the way to the ends of the vast earth, uh, this body is the earth, the terrain upon which, or flush against, the worship of God takes place and so this is this is why the the verse in the Quran has uh faiya, so fa'iya to only me uh abuduni, uh so therefore worship me only me and so that is back to Ibn Arabi's vision so it's you yourself we're addressing you uh it's the and then back to the ilahi uh only you uh, um this the oneness so this this kind of this divine oneness is to when, you, when we can see that in this vast earth, then we are seeing, we're it's God sees only God, and only God can see God, and the vast earth is the place where that happens then. Salhamdulillah. Thank you. Okay. So thanks, everyone. It's so good to see you. Uh, we may have a, a change in the password uh, next week. So keep an eye on Mustafa sends out an email, and I'll send out an email too, inshallah. And we may be we may change the password. So I'm not sure. But if we do uh, email, either Mustafa's email or my email. So. And so good to see everyone here from all over the world. Mashallah. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank I,
1: I have a quick question. Uh, how soon yes. the recording of this lecture will be, you know, posted on Fatuhat? Uh
0: well this this is all in the hands of Mustafa and he is uh he he puts us up, he's got a, a million things to do, and this is one of them that he has volunteered and and lovingly doing, uh, so he, he gets on, I send it to him. It takes about an hour for my computer to download the entire uh, video. So uh, that takes a while, then I send it to him, and then he has to be able to work with it until he can get into the right, right shape, so.
1: Many, many, thanks,
0: thank you. So, uh, well. Okay.
3: Professor Shui, do
4: we have time for another question?
0: Sure, yeah. And anyone who needs to go, thanks for being here. And uh, be fiamanallah, be safe on your way. Yes, we have a question over here.
3: Good. You mentioned uh, soul, mentioned uh, physical body. So what is, uh, what is the difference between uh, where does spirit versus soul versus physical body, these three, where do they fit mm-hmm. from Ibn Arabi's perspective?
0: Yeah, yeah Ibn Arabi, uh, very... Carefully make sure that there are no definitions for any of these terms because that's something philosophers do. And so, and he's not going to do anything like that. So, nafs and roh, those are, those are, can be interchangeable. They can mean different things at different times. And then uh, the body, so the one way that Ibn Arabi describes it, perhaps the often and the way we describe in Ilahi, is that this body, my body, is your paradise so it's the place where the divine can see the divine and so it's a paradise it's a beautiful place and my breath is your holy spirit the holy spirit and so ibn Abi then and that's and that's the way of looking at the body as being the necessary uh place for the the breath of God to come in, ar-Rahman, the nafas ar-Rahman, so that the, the body becomes a paradise, becomes a worshipful place. And so we have the earth body, which is made for worship, and we have the spirit, which breathed into it. And then with nafs, uh, there's sometimes, the place I'm, I was just working on yesterday, He's talking about how the aql, the intellect, which is usually associated with the male, and then the nafs, usually associated with the female. And he's describing, in describing that, so, so someone has, a man has sex with his wife during, when he's on, after Arafat on the hajj in ihram. What does he do? So there's a whole big, big thing, big fiqh issue about all of this. And Ibn Arabi says what's so interesting is that the aql is trying to see Trying to know God, to know more about God, to know more and more about God. And the aql is on this apogee, he's on this very high place. And he looks down and sees way into the depths, there is the nafs, the woman, the nafs. And so the aql and, and the aql has heard Rasulullah, he's heard the messenger say that uh, if you were all to suspend a rope, it would sink down to God. If you were to suspend a rope, it would sink down to God. So the Akos is saying, I'm way up here. I need to sink down to find God. And look, there's the Nafs down there. So let me go down to there. And so so Ibn Arabi is showing this whole situation that the Nafs, what the nafs knows, the aql wants to know that too. And that's, in a sense, the special face. So the aql, the intellect, wants to know what the nafs knows through the special face. And uh, so the aql goes down to try to meet that. But the aql has nothing of nature in it. And so therefore, his knowledge is going to be from here, whereas the knowledge with the special face is going to be from there. And so Ibn Arabi is saying, so this is why you have the situation of this is why you have the male-female situation of sex on the pilgrimage and what it teaches the, the male. And so long, long story and big fiqh discussion, but it's coming down to the idea of there are different ways of, of understanding and the nafs uh, for Ibn Arabi, most of the time he's speaking of nafs, it is the special face. It's the, that part of the human being which directly understands and knows God. And that's different from the brain part of the human being which wants to know God by brain or intellect. Okay. So good to be with everyone. Thank you so much so much and, uh, and uh, thank you again. Okay, Sil. Thank you.